0: All episodes of the Real Women in Business podcast reflect the opinions and views of the guest and Cass McCrory and do not reflect official policy or position of employers or clients. Thank you. You're listening to the Real Women in Business podcast. I'm your host, Cass McCrory, and in this podcast, we highlight women in all kinds of businesses. For yourself, someone else, full time, part time, overtime hustle, Together, we will learn from and with one another. And if we get it right, it'll lift us all. Let's get into it. Friends, today we're talking to McKenna Sage. She is co founder and CEO of Follow Your Aliveness. And I love this conversation. We talk about the transition that is deciding the life that you want, how it isn't a leap, it truly is a transition and about following our intuition making uncomfortable but full-body yes decisions to step into the lives that we want to be. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I know you will too. Let's get into it. McKenna, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Can you hear me okay?
0: Perfectly. Perfectly. Great. I would love for you to share a little bit about who you are and the work you do in the world.
1: Absolutely. So I'm the co founder and CEO of Follow Your Liveness. I co founded it with my mom, who is also my mentor. And she um, has been coaching and training since 1986. So she helped pioneer the industry many, many years ago. Um, Her work has evolved and she's done many things over her 35 years. And I'll tell my story, I'm sure, as we get into it. But I went a very different path, followed my head instead of my heart. Um, and finally found my way back to what really brings me alive, which is inspiring and empowering world changers, people who want to do more than just be successful. They want that too. They want to have a great life along the way and they also want to make an impact. And so that's who we really work with, whether that be leaders and organizations or people who are entrepreneurs and doing their own thing. So we help them with the business tools. If they're entrepreneurs, we have a coaching certification. If they're looking really to up-level in terms of their skills and their leadership, and then we run masterminds as well.
0: I had been A proponent of coaching and getting support to get you to the next level. Since my very first job, I feel like at my very first job as a restaurant hostess, I was looking for coaching from the manager. I love it. And whenever I could pay for it, I did. How was it growing up with a mom as a coach?
1: You know, it was amazing actually out of all the, there's five of us, five kids and um so she was traveling the world everything was um live at the time right there was no online when she started and so we were traveling she was doing our seminars all over we had a nanny it was quite a quite a lifestyle um And out of all the kids, we were all really encouraged to follow what we were interested in and passionate about. And I was the one that wanted to be sitting in the seminar rooms with all the adults. So I always think like something at a young age in me, kind of like you with your, your job, right? Something in me knew this is this is something I want to be a part of. That wasn't necessarily true for all my siblings. You know, one of my siblings loved being in the kids camps with all the kids. She's now a parenting coach. And so it's interesting to see how it kind of evolved for each of us, but I was fascinated. So starting at age seven, I was allowed to sit in to the classes with all these leaders and people that were coming in. And um, I went through my mom's certification used to be a four-year program where you came for 30 days every year for four years. And I went through that program by time I was 12. So I always joke that I was an overachiever at a very young age as well. Um, but I loved it. It was it was interesting that I would say we don't escape our own hero's journey. No one does. And that I had to kind of go away from all of it and kind of reject it. in my teens and early 20s go, I'm going to go get a corporate job and I'm going to take this very different path in order to find my way back to it. Because honestly, I ended up in so much pain following my head over my heart um, that that I found my way back and I'm so grateful that I did, but that also gave me like an understanding an empathy for what other people go through when they, when they follow a different kind of path, so.
0: I want to dig into that because I think a lot of people over this last year have had an opportunity to reset themselves. Like everything that they thought was the way it was gonna go was completely upended and disrupted. Yeah. And now we're kind of entering this return element. And so many women that I'm talking to are saying, I'm not going back. Like there is absolutely Mm -hmm. no chance that I'm going back, but I do desperately need to move forward. How do we move forward heart-led instead of, you know, head forward, you know, like in our head and thinking about it?
1: It's a tough one. I struggled with that for years because probably like many of your listeners, I was very successful. You know, I, I was overachiever, like I said, got you know, summa cum laude, did all the things in university. I felt like I had something to prove, got out of school, quit pretty quickly decided the corporate route wasn't for me, but I I chose my first business still more out of my head than my heart. It was just like, what am I good at that people need? And that's how I got into online marketing. And I ended up running a business in online marketing for six years. And I was financially successful doing, you know, um, six figures plus for a long time. Um, But it was still like, I was still hiding a little bit from the thing that I knew deep down I wanted to do and trying to kind of ignore those whispers that told me there was something more. And that was, it was tough. It was kind of the golden handcuffs of like, I'm making good money. This is easy. I don't really have to market myself that much. I'm getting clients. I, um, you know, like things are working and I had built a reputation at that point too. And what I did. And so making that choice to ultimately leave. For me, it took, um, and I hope it doesn't take this for your listeners, but for me, it took um, health issues starting to develop. It took uh, anxiety and eventually full-blown panic attacks. There came a point where I was having panic attacks on a daily basis and nothing was wrong in my life. I had a great life. I had met the love of my life. I I had friends. I was making good money. I was able to travel. Nothing outwardly was wrong. Um, And so I always look back and go, that was my soul telling me I had to make a change. And so it took me, say the whisper becomes a roar. And then if you don't listen to the roar, you get hit by the cosmic two by four. So it kind of took me getting pretty close or maybe even hitting that cosmic two by four before I woke up and said, I don't care how hard this is, how scary it is, how long it takes, because that's the other thing was not expecting it to happen overnight. It takes time. It wasn't a leap. It was a transition. And in that, once I got fully committed though, and I did that with the help of a coach, but once I got fully committed, saw there was no turning back and really went for it. um, I could talk more about the experience that got me there, but I feel like I'm I'm rambling on a little bit, but, but ultimately those were some of the things that led to that. But I get where people are sitting when they say like, it's tough to, to choose your heart over your head, but I think it gets easier over time as you see the results of it.
0: I really, I want to just highlight a couple of pieces of what you just said, because there's a lot in there that I think people can relate to and then learn from. The first piece is you had this feeling of something's not right, even though on the check box, everything was right. And I, I've i had that experience in my life several times where it's like, I have that I wanna go home feeling except for I am home. It's like, oh, everything is right except for nothing is right. And just Absolutely. being aware like in your body that you, have, you can have that experience of everything outwardly being right, but it's still not being right for you. And those two things okay. can coexist,
1: yeah. And that's okay. Cause that's the thing is we talk to women all the time and maybe, I don't know if you had this experience in your times when that showed up for you, but they feel guilty. They're like, yeah. why do I want more? Why can't I just be high? And I had all those thoughts as well. You know, why can't I just be happy with what I have? Why do I need to go for some big mission and purpose in this world? Can I just have my business and eventually a family and all these things? and, and be satisfied. Who do I think I am? Right. And it took me a long time to work through the, the shame. And honestly, it took, like I said, the big wake-up call kind of moments for me and experiences, but it doesn't have to, you know, you can
0: listen to that call earlier on. Absolutely. The other thing that I want to just underline is this, this line of, it's not a leap, it's a transition. I think so many people They say, I'm going to make a change and they think it's going to be a light switch moment where it's like on and off. And it's like, no, not quite. You're not leaping off of a cliff. You're not leaping into the pool. You're not having a complete shift here. You're making a commitment to the transition. Yes, it takes time. I
1: tried to leap about a year before I successfully started the transition. Um, I tried to walk away from my marketing business and step into coaching. I failed completely. I was super embarrassed. I couldn't pay my bills pretty quickly. I wasn't, you know, I just didn't have the plan. I didn't have the support in place to make it happen. And I expected it to just kind of show up. And um, so that was really disheartening doing that. And then I, I often see that is that people go, well, I'm gonna save up all this money and I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna just start over. And the truth is there's skills too, if if any of your listeners are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs, and and even if you're not, you know, maybe it's transition into your next thing, but it's a little bit different. If you are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or even transitioning in your business, because I was already an entrepreneur going into a different business, um, is that, you know, it's not necessarily an overnight thing. It can be, and that's lucky if it is. But it takes time to develop the skills, to build up, you know, even going from one business to the next and really learning uh, a different kind of marketing and putting myself out there and how to really get clients in this arena and building a new reputation. It took time. And so why not give yourself the space, the support, first of all, and then the space to... One step at a time, start to make that transition. As you gain confidence, as you start, you know, bringing in revenue or getting clients, you can start to transition out of whatever it was you're doing before. It's just so much more sustainable,
0: in my experience. One hundred percent. And I think looking at where you need support, where you need to grow, how you want to learn, and removing this expectation of, you know, here's the deadline, here's the timeline in which this happens. I feel like 90% of my stress is related to an artificial timeline. Mm.
1: I get that. I get that. Yeah. For me, it took about just to share like what the actual experience was like of making the transition. It took about eight months to replace my six-figure income through coaching and and leave my former business completely. Um, And then within about, uh, I don't remember exactly if it was a year or 18 months from when I started, uh, we were at the multiple six-figure level in our in our business, and so um, that's just to give a little bit of everybody's got their own timing and everything else. But they do say it takes about eighteen months to make a quantum leap, and I often see that to be true. Is give yourself give yourself some runway, you know, and get the support in in the process um, to try things. And ultimately, what got me clear and gave me the courage was getting the support of uh, of a coach who stepped in and. Um, led me through an experience. It was actually my mom. She had been sitting by and not wanting to interfere and letting me, I hired other coaches. I was trying to figure it out on my own. I was being stubborn and um, ultimately led me through an experience. And this is why I'm so passionate about her coaching method because where all these other coaches had been giving me advice and telling me what they thought I should do, or kind of putting things on top of this experience pulled out of me Um, not from my head, because that was where I kept getting stuck. In fact, every time I would try to go to my head and figure it out, she would distract me and we would do something else. Um, So it was very interesting kind of coaching experience. Now looking back, I'm like, oh, I see what she was doing there. right? But I was able to, I had this really aha moment of clarity dawning and seeing exactly what I wanted to do, seeing the cost if I didn't go for it and realizing that was my no turning back moment. And when you get that Clarity and then you commit, that's the biggest piece. And then after that, I always say is just the support and the plan to actually make it happen. So you don't turn back because I would have quit about 5,000 times if I didn't have that support.
0: I would love to know what that support looked like because yeah. I think a lot of people have expectations about, well, oh, McKenna's support was, you know, she had three people on her text messaging that she could just text at any time of day. And she had all of this resource and maybe that is true, but also maybe your support was a lot simpler than we imagine other people's support to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say that for me, the support looked like my mom stepping in as a coach and mentor and us entering into a formal mentorship arrangement so we stepped out of mother daughter completely um, into coach and mentor you know mentor and, and student um relationship and that's basically when we went and created our certification what we were designing for others is giving them and then i also hired other coaches along the way and people always go well you were able to do that Yes, I made good money in my previous career, but you know, I wasn't great about saving and all those things. I didn't have like a huge nest egg or anything like that. And also, just to say that I started my first business with $60,000 in student loans no car, no nothing like I, you know, I was starting at the beginning. Um, and so at each stage though, it was seeing who did I really resonate with because I've hired coaches and mentors along the way. Who do I really resonate with that I feel intuitively is a yes, this is the right person for me. And then making that stretch, not in a put myself in a bad position way, but that stretch where it's like, oh, this might be uncomfortable to make that investment in myself. But I know that this is the thing to get me to the next level because the investment is part of you know, you committing to fully to go for something. And so uh, it looked it's looked different, I guess, at different points in my journey. But the first thing was really having that. In, t- in my case, it was my mom, which was very lucky. Most people don't have that. But that's why I'm so passionate about being that believer for other people, because that's really what, what she did for me was she was that believer. She saw what was possible for me and she held me accountable to my dreams. Cause like I said, I would have quit so many times. So that made the biggest difference for me. And then I did hire other, you know, business coaches and mentors and continue to, uh, to this day.
0: People always ask me, how do you find a coach? And I'm curious what you recommend
1: I think it's a little bit of a, I I don't know if there's a specific method I would recommend. I think it's a little bit of an an intuitive, I I lead my business in a very intuitive way. Um, So for me, it's a very intuitive process. It's also just reaching out and seeing like what comes back. So I talk to people or if I hear someone on a podcast or something like that, I might reach out to them. And I'm always kind of in looking at that, by the way, because I know that I'm always going to need some. I'm always going to have coaches. And so I'm constantly kind of listening and looking, even though like right now I'm working with coach and I I love working with them and I'll be with them for some time, but I'm already thinking, Hmm, who else? And maybe I'll continue with them, but maybe I'll also get someone else. What are the other pieces and elements I want to bring in? So for me, it's, um, you know, asking around to other people who've had great experiences, of course. And then if you don't know that, then kind of, I don't know, you could look on Instagram. There's so many ways. I don't have like a process around this, I guess is what I would say. The biggest thing is this, trust your gut. Don't hire someone because from your head, because that's exactly what we're talking about today that we wanna get away from, because from your head, it makes sense. Um, Hire someone because you feel this is the person to take you to where you want to go because you resonate with their approach because something about their story or their, what they've helped other people do is a heck yes for you. When people, when I've done that in my life, I have gotten something incredible out of it every time, even if it wasn't
0: always exactly what I thought I was going to get out of it. So that's my biggest piece of advice. That's great advice. I think you know, I look at the coaches that I've worked with that were an intuitive yes, and I am very grateful for everything that they invested in me and for every dollar I invested in them in return. I want to just point out the uncomfortable level of the investment. And I think this mm-hmm. is really important because up-leveling, it requires work. And if you haven't put dollars on the line it be, can become very easy to just phone it in, and then be like, "Well, this didn't work out." Yep, absolutely. When you and, invest, you're invested. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's really important. I, you know, somebody the other day was like, "Well, this is a little out of my, out of my price range," and I was like, "I completely understand." When you are in a position where this feels like an uncomfortable reach but a doable reach, I want you to be back in touch you're like, wow, I really thought you were going to offer me a deal. I was like, no. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I just no. put up a
1: post yesterday and the first line was something a client just said to me recently. And she told me, I had, I didn't quite, I don't know if I quite knew that it was at this point when I talked to her, but I knew she w- was a, a big stretch. And again, I don't, I'm not of the, like you said, it's like when it feels like not putting people in a bad position, that's never, never a good yes, thing. I don't want so, your mortgage. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's not what we're saying here. But she was like, "I I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to pay for, I didn't know this, but that I wouldn't be able to pay for diapers and formula for my baby when I signed on with you. But I was so clear. I was so clear. And I was so committed. And now she's doing consistent 10K plus months. She's heading towards 20K plus months. It's been about 18 months since we started working together. And she took a little break in the middle and she came back. But those kinds of stories again, it's not to put yourself in a bad position. That's where the intuitive piece really comes in and trusting your own truth, I guess, so to speak. But but it can be that dramatic or maybe it is just that stretch and you're not someone who's invested in yourself before, but it is huge. And I love that you brought that up because one of the kind of things I'd written down here I wanted to talk about was getting support, investing in yourself, but also making friends with your fear. And this is one of the biggest things that I think has changed for me over the last few years. I am not a risk taker by nature. I am not the typical entrepreneur. I remember sitting at a conference one time and they were like talking about who here, like feels like you have a million ideas all the time and you are you love like taking risks. And I don't know, they were describing the quintessential entrepreneur. I did not raise my hand, about 98% of the room did. And I was like, man, am I not supposed to be an entrepreneur? But here I am 10 years in. And I say that because... I'm not a risk taker naturally. I am someone that I'm astonished that I do this for a living and that I've taken so many risks, but I've taken them out of, I don't want the life that I would have if I didn't, right? I'm committed to... Like, I don't want those panic attacks and those health issues. I don't want what that, where that was leading, which was probably getting very sick, living with a lot of regret. And so I'm more scared of that than I am of being uncomfortable and doing the things that needs, I need to do to get to where I want to go to create my dreams. And so something I've learned in these last few years and throughout my life is if I'm not feeling some level of fear, then I'm stagnating. And so I actually look at fear as a good thing now. A good kind of fear, right? Where I'm like, "Ooh, if I'm not feeling that way, then I'm probably just kind of hanging out and it's time for me as someone who loves to grow and expand. That's part of what I'm here to do in this world. Uh it's time for me to see what is that next edge? What is that next thing that's pulling to me?"
0: I love that. And that really that taps into something I was looking through your blog posts ahead of our interview. And one of your more recent blog posts, and we'll link to this in the show notes, asked this really good question. If you are in a place where you're like, you've done mondo beyond, right? You've done the big dreaming exercises and you know how powerful it is to be clear about what you want, because now you are living the life that you once dreamed of, right? You're in that spot, but you're kind of feeling a little bit like, well, now what? I have found myself in that spot over this last year because Mm -hmm. it has been, I am incredibly blessed and lucky, and I have worked really hard and I love my life and I've got what I wanted. And so I felt a little bit like, "Hmm, now what? You know, a little listless in that way. And you asked this question, which I think is such a beautiful question who do I want to become? Mm. It's not about what we want to achieve or what things we want to put on our to-do list or it's who do I want to become? And I thought, wow, that is a really juicy question. <laughs> what did to you see? Frame that. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was really looking at some of the things that I had put on hold personally when my life kind of restarted. I, I went through a divorce. I had a two-year-old. It was just the two of us for about three years. And then I met George, who's my husband now. And then we had three more children and it's been very busy. And it is the fulfillment of every dream that I've ever had. Yeah. And yet I had all of these kind of visions of who I would become when it was just me and Lexi where it was like, oh, I'm going to be somebody that does handstands on the beach. And I'm going to be somebody that learns how to swim without my nose plug. Uh, You know, like silly things like that. And I I had lost that part of me in the last six years of being really focused on bringing these lives and this version of the dream into life. And so when I started to journal and think about who do I want to become? It was a more alive version of myself, but it was like, yeah, I want to be the mom that handstands on the beach. And mm-hmm. I want to, I want to swim laps with my kids and race without plugging my nose, which is just such a silly I thing, but it's, you know, just Not like all. little things and it's like, oh, okay. That was a much easier question for me to answer mm-hmm. than you know, what stuff do I want when I have everything that I've ever wanted?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Another great question too, is uh, what are you longing for? Oh. Who do you want to become? What are you longing for? And th- these kinds of questions will tap into different things for different people. Um, We lead an experience, um, you know, it's kind of like an, a by application thing, but we offer these, these free clarity calls and they are, really an experience that was modeled after what my mom led me through years ago. And it is that sometimes you can get to this absolutely, like take these questions we just talked about here and go journal on these. You can get to a lot on your own. Um, And then sometimes it's like, you feel like you get stuck and you can't really see that next picture, that next vision. And that's so often what I see is like, we all know deep down what we want, but we can't access it sometimes on our own. And so we lead people through this experience to really pull it out of them. And that's what I would say is different about our coaching method that we teach and that we use in our coaching is it's Again, it's not about putting something on top of or trying to get you somewhere. It's really going into you. And we actually watch as we coach people for where do their eyes light up? Where do they actually come alive when they're talking? And those are clues and signs, right? And then asking questions that really pull it out of you. And that was what was so different for me after working with so many coaches over the years, trying to get clarity. And then finally getting that clarity and being able to go into action with it. So um, I can't remember why I started that ramble, but those are a couple of
0: great questions definitely to be reflecting on for your audience. I love that. I feel like, you know, when I'm I'm working with a client, I I ask them, you know, are you looking for coaching? Are you looking for consulting? Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of coaches right now who are playing the job of consultant. I know how to get you where you're going. Follow me, I'll show you. Yeah. That's not coaching. That's consulting.
1: Absolutely. Or strategy is or another strategy. way of. Strategy. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's like if you want somebody to draw out the best of you, then you need a coach. Yeah. And in my experience, the only time that it feels really good and fulfilling is when it is coached. Because consulting delivers a result, coaching delivers a feeling. Mm. And it's really different and you can, there's nothing wrong with either one of those things, but just know when you're going into it, what is it that you desire from it? Is it Mm -hmm. a feeling or is it a result?
1: And you can get a result. I would say through coaching as well. I I think it's a, but I get what you're saying in terms of consulting is, or strategy, I would say is it's focused on the more like, I know how to do this. Let me teach you or show you, like you said, and it's also very much like it, it's not necessarily tuned into the alignment piece of, is this actually aligned for you? Is this aligned with the life you want to be living and where you want to go? And like you said, how you want to be feeling and who you want to become and, and checking and adjusting to that along the way, because as we try things and we get into action, new information becomes available. I always say, you can't learn to ride a bike by thinking about riding a bike, by reading books about riding a bike, by planning how you're gonna ride a bike, you have to get on the bike and start riding. And then in that, right, you'll start to see and experience things and and know this in a deeper level. And so um, that I think is a distinction. I love some of the distinctions you're making there, but between and again, a lot of people don't know these distinctions, what there's which there's nothing wrong with that, but there are a lot of people saying they coach when, like you said, it is more the strategy, it is more these other pieces. And what happens if you don't have that alignment piece, by the way, and the aliveness piece is either it doesn't work because you didn't actually want it in the first place or it wasn't actually aligned in the first place, or it works, but it may not actually make you happy. It may not actually give you that sense of fulfillment, or like you said, the feeling, whatever it is that you really wanted apart from the external. Achievement. So, yeah. Um, yeah, super important conversation.
0: You mentioned riding a bike, and it reminded me of just some really frustrating moments of my own life that I want to just bring up because I think that it is such a good teacher for me. I have not taught any of my children to ride a bike, it is outside of my skill set to teach mm-hmm. my kids how to ride a bike. Brayden went to school. And within two or three days of gym class was riding a bike. And I was like, wow, I find that so brilliant and so frustrating because I have had a wrench to back for weeks, holding on the back of his bike and just doing it wrong, apparently. Mm -hmm. And it's just such an amazing lesson for me that I keep on relearning is that sometimes you just need a different teacher. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Absolutely. Love mm-hmm. that. And we've covered a ton of ground in a half an hour. Is there anything that you really wanted to talk about today that we haven't gotten into?
1: Hmm. So we talked about getting the support, getting the clarity. I think that's super duper important. And you can journal on that. Like we said on your own to get started, you can reach out to many different coaches. It sounds like Cass is an amazing coach as well. And the importance of investing in yourself, I would say to the power of surrounding yourself. And a lot of people talk about this, but it's definitely been a huge part of my growth and success. The power of surrounding yourself with like-minded people who are going for similar things, because not only because it can inspire and empower you forward, but also because you know, then that you're not in it on your own. And, um, that's huge because so much of what I see that stops people, especially women from going for it is Uh, self-doubt, self-doubt, perfectionism. There's different kinds of patterns that we see show up in the women we work with um, and men, but but for some reason, a little bit more with women Mm -hmm. and And in that, it's so supportive to, like I said, get the support, but also if you can get yourself in tribes and rooms and communities, whether through programs or events or, you know, whatever that looks like for you of like-minded people who are also going for it and having, you know, open, vulnerable conversations, ideally. So you can see that there is nothing special about them. There's nothing special about Cass or special about me. And, you know, if you're sitting there going, well, that's nice for them, we were both sitting where you were not that long ago in some way, shape or form, right? Me thinking, do I actually have what it takes can i actually deliver value to people what are people going to think i don't really want to put myself out there online like all the fears and doubts and things right and so much of what got me through that again was the coaching but also being around other people where i went oh wait like maybe they don't all have it figured out and if i just keep taking one step in front of the other then eventually i'm going to get somewhere as long as it's moving in the direction of where i want to go so I think that's kind of a jumble of a few things, but definitely the surrounding yourself with the right kinds of people and just not getting caught in the comparison. It just doesn't serve you, you know, and a a good coach, I think can also help you move through those things to actually then be able to get into the action to get to where you want to go.
0: 100%. I, I agree wholeheartedly having people around you that are doing bigger things inspires you to do bigger things for yourself too.
1: And use that as a pull towards, so if you feel jealous or you feel envious of someone, I always say, if you admire someone, there's something in them that you are wanting to cultivate in yourself. And the same thing, if you're triggered by someone or you're kind of like jealous or envious of someone, similarly, it's like, look to see what's there for you. What is it about what they have or they're doing that you want and intentionally surround yourself with people like that and get curious about them so that you can you know, use that to
0: to inspire you forward. I always look at it as like, I'm in a boat and I'm with (laughs) all of these people and they keep on rising the tides. And I get to be a part of that. And it's the rising tides rise all waters metaphor that just helps me see it. This is not about envy or jealousy. It is about, okay, this person has just unlocked something that I didn't know that I wanted. Or it's that inquiry, like you said, of what about this is really driving me into a place of whatever the feeling is, irritation, happiness, lust, like whatever. Like what about it is doing that for me? I think that's so insightful. Absolutely. I think those are the big ones. Awesome. McKenna, where can people find you
1: online? Yeah, so we have a couple different places. We have a free quiz that's super fun. I know people love quizzes. It's called the World Changer Quiz, and it's all about what kind of world changer are you. So it's going to tell you your number one talent in your career in the career or business arena, and then your success motivator. Um, so that's WorldChangerQuiz.com. And um, then we have a Facebook group. If you are someone who, again, you want to surround yourself with these these kinds of people, these kinds of conversations, called Mastery of Coaching, Masteryofcoaching.com. And by the way, we believe that coaching skills are the way of the future. Um, So it's not necessarily just people who want to be coaches. We have leaders go through our program, entrepreneurs go through our program, anyone who really wants to learn these coaching communication skills to, you know, further their own life, transform their life in the process and learn the tools to work with others. And then on Instagram, McKenna Sage, M A K E N A
0: S A G E at McKenna Sage. And I'll say McKenna has one of the cutest puppies I have ever seen. (laughs) Thank you. I'm obsessed with her. I like to (laughs) puppy spam
1: everyone on Instagram. So thank
0: you. I've got a lightning round of questions for you. What is your go-to song when you want to up your energy?
1: I think, um, shut up and dance. It's kind of an older one, but I love that one. I like to dance around my husband and I have dance parties around the living room.
0: Yep, we dance in the kitchen to that song regularly. Nice, awesome. What time do you wake up?
1: Oh, I'm not a morning routine person, not a morning person. Um, so probably as late as I can before the alarm, but uh, eight, between eight and nine
0: usually. What does breakfast look like?
1: Butter, goat butter in my coffee, which sounds weird, but uh, it slows down the caffeine, like hitting your bloodstream. And usually either fruit or maybe if I'm really hungry, I'll have eggs with avocado and toast.
0: Coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> What's a book you've given or recommended the most?
1: Hmm, let's see. I think I wrote something down. Oh yeah, Turning Pro by uh, Stephen Pressfield. Have you heard of it? Yeah. He wrote it's a The really War of Art also. But I love Turning Pro. It's pretty short and that book was huge in my in my transformation. I recommend it to a lot of people when they're first starting out in their, their entrepreneurial journeys or trying to make a change. Because he talks in there, I won't go in a long ramble about it, but about shadow careers. And that's essentially what I was in before was something that was very close to the thing I wanted to be doing. I was doing marketing for all the coaches and speakers and authors, but I was really hiding, right? Not really going for the thing. That was truly what I wanted to do. And he talks a lot about resistance and how do you move through resistance to really go for your dreams. So I buy that book for clients all the time
0: what are you doing imperfectly but with great joy
1: Mm -hmm. what am I doing imperfectly but with great joy I think what comes up for me there is I feel like yeah becoming a CEO um that's been a big transition for me I've been an entrepreneur for almost 10 years but only in the last couple of years I told my husband this the other day I was like I you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years, but I didn't know what I wanted to build for about eight years of that journey. I was, I had businesses, but I always knew this isn't it. This isn't the thing I'm really here to scale and grow and like create a team. And it's only in the last couple of years with what we're doing now that I, was like, this is it, this is the thing I want to scale. Uh, This is the impact that, you know, what I want to make my impact with. And in that it's been a huge transition going from basically a solopreneur to having a team, learning how to run said team, learning how to actually step into true leadership in my entrepreneurial journey. And so I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to have great coaches, but uh, half the time I'm like, oh my gosh, can I actually do this? So I would say that that's what's present for me right now.
0: I love that. I feel like there have been so many previous guests and their answers to that new question of what are you doing imperfectly with great joy? And so many founders have that answer of Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to lead in a way that I didn't anticipate because I didn't realize this was a skill that I needed to develop. I thought you were a leader or you were not. And I love the founders that are doing the work of becoming the leaders that they desire to be for the companies that they want to build. It's awesome.
1: Absolutely. yeah. I think the communication side, I had a lot of because of our work and the coaching and all of that. But for me, it's been really like the system side and then, you know, managing people delegating. Oh my gosh, that's been a whole learning lesson and training people and empowering people within their, you know, work. So absolutely.
0: McKenna, I've loved this conversation. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it as well. Thanks for listening today. I would love your review. Wherever you've listened to this podcast, head out back to that podcast app and give us a five-star review. It will help this episode and all future episodes reach more amazing people just like you.